Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of the Heart of Martinus broadcast, podcast, show, train wreck. Hi, I am Mark. This today's episode title is Listen to This Memo, Led Zeppelin, New York City, June 7th, 1977. This show was a personal request from one of the earliest listeners that ever contacted me, and one of my first patrons, Nemo, from one of those Nordic countries where they burned churches and were Vikings. I like him. He's a very nice person, super supportive of the podcast, always, always, always has my back, and he wanted me to do Madison Square Garden 1977 for the longest time, and he kept telling me June 5th. I'm like, I can't find June 5th. And finally, it's like, I think he means June 7th. So, we're doing June 7th. And it is a bass-heavy soundboard recording, which I like. There is an audience recording, but it's much more distant, although it's still good. So, it's funky. And you know what? I listened to these tracks last night in their entirety, and I enjoyed them. And I almost, almost did the podcast last night. But, um, I was very high, so I didn't, because I'm trying to be a little more professional. The bonus quarantine episodes, you get what you get. You get what you get, but the the Heart of Markness episodes, I'm trying to tighten it up a little bit, so it's not like, especially because what I want to talk about, in addition to the podcast and, and the show itself, is um, the Badge Holders Blues DVD release, which is, I believe, been pushed up to June 21st, but it is, um, if you, if you listen to the Bowie episode I did last week, or over the, over the last weekend, the uh, 1983 Bowie show, my voice is a little low here, let me raise this up, so brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself, how about now, any different, how about now, alright, let's do that, okay, well, there is a group of wonderful fans led by the legendary and infuriatingly young Led Up Phil is his, is his screen name. And um, he's been doing stuff for a long time that I've seen pop up, syncing stuff up to audio. And he, along with some other folks in this group, have been working on a Best of L.A. 1977 DVD. And he took, there's a lot of 8mm footage out there from throughout the 77 show, as well as the full video um, in-house camera footage from the Seattle 77 show. You can watch all that on YouTube. The Seattle show's been up for a million years. It's just not a very good show. Shut up, man. Let's up on M. Awesome. Jimmy Page is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got that. However, the L.A. run in 1977 is spectacular. And these young men have taken time, 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 and I was luckily enough to be, lucky enough to be invited to the process, but I, I didn't really have anything to contribute other than, that's awesome. You guys are cool because... I didn't know what was going on. It has been, Jesus Christ, 
13 years since I last did video editing, which I used to do as part of the job I had. Wasn't great at it. I mean, I was, it was simple. I was able to do it, yada, yada. But um, the skill with which they take the 8mm, and these are fresh transfers from the 8mm, and take the songs that they want to use, and then find video from, you know, it may be from another show. It most likely is from another show. And it may not even be from the same song. It may just be Robert singing Woo Mama. And he says Woo Mama in the song. They grab a thing of it. And it is good. Jimmy's hands match at least as well as the song remains the same movie. And it's the entire it's an entire Zeppelin concert taken from the best of the LA run with synced up video. And I mean there's discontinuity, obviously, because it's taken from different shows. So it might be like, oh, Jimmy's in his black suit. Oh, Jimmy's in his white suit. Robert's wearing this. Robert, that's 100% fine because the effect is astonishing. You have something that you can not only watch once and go, wow, that's really cool. You have something that you can watch again and again, like the original official DVD when it came out all those years ago. And as somebody on Royal Orleans pointed out, and this is paraphrasing, that there are three gentlemen who could take this as a lesson on how to celebrate a 50th anniversary. Because this is not sneakers, Hot Wheels, and uh, whatever, scarves, whatever ridiculous memorabilia they put out over the last year. This is a project of love, of great skill, and they went through so many different iterations and such granularity of, you know, in the Battle of Evermore, at this point here, Jimmy's hands don't really match what's being played. And then they go back and change it. And it's just amazing. And I, I cannot I cannot hide or, or minimize how important and awesome this project is. It's going to be completely free, and of course, bootlegs, bootleggers will will release it, upscale it to 4K, and call it Blu-ray. But it's just a DVD. It's like a, a 480p YouTube video, which is just fine. The sound is astonishingly good, as that whole run is because they're Mike, Mike Millard tapes. So what you have is a complete concert experience from the '77 tour from the best of that tour, and you can watch it over and over again, and it is great. The cover art is great. The menus are great. The Easter eggs are great. It is, it's great. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And once it is out and available for free now, you will be able to download it. You can either just watch them on your computer, burn them to DVD, whatever you want to do, and much thanks to these guys. I don't know what they're calling themselves yet as far as like who it's released by or else I would say. But um, amazing. Leads Up film, top-notch uh, top work. And people have, I've gotten a lot of, I've gotten quite a few emails, DMs, Facebook messages, as well as public tweets and stuff just saying, Hey, dude, great podcast. 
really excited for that 77 DVD. Just from what I said in my Superstone rant at the end of the last podcast, which was just not... I felt bad because it didn't do the project justice. I had just seen at that point a rough MPEG video of an early draft, and it was brilliant. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. And where and where he couldn't find footage to match, which it happens, because you get something where they're playing like It'll Be Me or something, Dancing Days, that's only done once or twice. He would use uh, still photos, which is completely fine. And I am way more supportive of that in general, because for me, for me, as Bill Burr says, um, in my opinion and in my experience, the most frustrating thing with all those Led Zeppelin 8mm, and I've been watching them since I would buy horrible VHS dubs at record conventions in the 80s. The worst thing is you just get, you know, somebody's got like a three-minute reel of 8mm film, and they stretch it to last the whole concert. So you get, been a long time since the, hey, hey, mama, good evening, we'd like to, and then 90 seconds of Moby Dick, always, or 90 seconds of Days to Confuse, always, and then, and she is buying a thank you, good night, and that's it, it's too jarring, what I would love to see, and what these guys are doing, actually way better than I ever, ever envisioned, is to take those snippets, like of a 1980 concert where there's like 14 minutes of video for a two-hour concert. And then, yeah, where the video runs out, continue the songs and just have photos of the show or of the 80 tour. And it's boring at that point to watch, but then you just put a timer in the lower right hand and say, you know, more video in two minutes, 12 seconds. I've seen this done with um, old movies. I, I think I saw... Um, a restored version of, of Metropolis, the old silent film, that had restored footage that they found in, like, Czechoslovakia or something. And, no, that can't be right either, because that was... It was a sound film. Anyway, I saw some old movie that had restored footage, but some of the footage, that just had audio. So, in those points, they just showed photos. And it, and it, it messed with the movie a little, because it's like, oh, all right. But it carried it along, and it was good, and it was better than having abrupt cuts, and it's better than having lost content. What's that have to do with the DVDs that are coming up? Nothing. It's getting off my soapbox now. So yes, Badge Holders Blues is going to be amazing. It's going to blow your mind. It's it's so good that you would almost pay for it as an official release. And I say almost, not because of the quality of the work of Led Up Film. That's professional and, and wonderful. It's just coming from 8mm footage, you can, it only gets so good. And it's like, whatever transfers he was able to do are not going to be of the quality that professional people with budgets of hundreds of thousands of dollars will be able to extract. And plus, it's 8mm. The resolution's not great anyway. But you will love it. You will love it. You will love it. You know what else you'll love? This show tonight, June 7th, 1977, Madison Square Garden. Their first of a certain number of nights at the Garden. I think they played five nights at the Garden. I don't know. Why don't I know that? I don't know why I don't know that, because I didn't look it up. 
Let's see if I have it still. La, 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 la. I'll tell you. You want to know how many nights they played? Fine. They played the 7th of June, 8th, 10th, 11th, 13th, and 14th of June. That is one, two, three, four, five, six nights at the Garden. Holy shit, that's cool. It must have been a very popular rock and roll combo. Indeed, they were. What are we going to play, Mark? You're 12 and a half minutes in, but I'm lucid. Well, you know, I'm going to play. Let's start with the beginning. Let's start with The Song Remains the Same. Because when they held it together in 77, this song starts off powerfully. Now, legend, I mean, not as powerfully as the legendary Listen to This Eddie show from the 21st of June with that insane bonzo drumming at the beginning. But this is Madison Square Garden, Zeppelin coming up for the first of however many nights I said, six, right? Playing Song Remains the Same crowd going wild. This is a soundboard recording, so it's very clear. It's beefy, it's powerful, it is very bass heavy, but that's cool because you get to hear how fucking amazing Jonesy's bass is, especially in, well, not this song, but the next one I'm going to play. So you are going to like this, friends. I hope. So the song remains the same. June 7th, 1977. Listen to this, Mimo. See you in a few minutes.
know, sometimes I astonish myself with my stupidity. I, um... The reason my volume levels were low was because although I'm holding this wonderful professional microphone in front of my face, bought by a dear friend and patron, Jeremy Smith, the microphone that I had selected was my laptop mic, which is a good three feet away from me. It's still legible. I'm going to stick with it because I've got 13 and a half minutes of content in there and I won't be able to, I don't know. You get what you get. I apologize. I apologize for that. Talk about being professional, eh? But you know what was good? That song remains the same. Tight, tight. Jimmy held it together. He was doing well. It wasn't amazing. I mean, it, it makes me, in hearing it, it, makes me miss the 1973 Jimmy Page playing songs like that with the effortless fluidity. But Bonzo and Jonesy, my God, and I love, I don't necessarily like the Alembic bass that Jonesy played on that tour, a little too poppy, but when it's cranked up like that, I can't help but love it. All right, you know, let's plow ahead, shall we? You know, Mimo, I have to thank you for suggesting this show, because I've tried Madison Square Garden shows before. I think I tried the 11th. And the 77 vibe just doesn't do it for me. And the, and just the sound and Jimmy's tone. And it's just, eh, we all know how I feel about it. But your benevolent insistence really, really helped me to, to look at this with a fresh lens. And I enjoy this show, at least what I'm playing for you tonight. I haven't listened to the whole thing because it's 400 hours long. But the songs I listen to are the ones we're playing, and they're the ones I like. In fact, the next song I'm going to play is In My Time of Dying, which is aggressive and really tight. Again, Jonesy's bass. It doesn't carry the song because everybody's playing really well. But Bonzo's playing incredibly well. Jimmy's playing incredibly well. And Jonesy's loud-ass bass is just insane. And it's, he's a machine. Underappreciated, in my opinion. I mean, everybody loves him and knows him, but let's, let's pay, pay a little attention to Jonesy in this song. And, um, yeah, what else do I need to say? In My Time of Dying came out on Physical Graffiti, played on the 75 tour, and then brought out for the first half of the 1977 tour, where it kind of got replaced by Over the Hills and Far Away. Sometimes they alternated nights, and sometimes they played both. I think only once or twice, though. In any case, this is an excellent performance, especially for the 77 tour, of an amazing song that I have not always really liked live. Because, to me, the studio version is superlative. Because Bonzo's drumming. Bonzo's drumming. Bonzo's drumming. Not only his drumming, but the drum sound that they captured in the studio. That's what I love. I listen to that song a million trillion times in my life, and every time I'm focused on Bonzo's drumming, except for when Jimmy does a little switch when he's doing his um, slide solo. That kind of row, and everything kind of switches phase and switches ears and stuff. Good stuff. All right, enough of my rambling, which does not contain information for you. It's just words. I am going to play In My Time of Dying from, again... June 7th, 1977, 
Listen to this memo. Enjoy, friends.
Jesus, my Jesus, oh my Jesus. That was amazing. That was really, really good. That was really, really good. Robert's voice, exquisite. And when he did that part, come on, come on, come on. Sounded like Janis Joplin to me, man. So good. Everything kind of has a digital edge to it because they're using digital effects in a very early time for digital effects. And we won't even talk about the stuff they use in other songs, the, the vocal harmonizer that doesn't understand the half-step, whole-step thing. Ah, but that's all right. We're not bitching about Led Zeppelin, Mark. Why would you do that? It's a Led Zeppelin worship podcast. It's fantastic. I don't know if you heard that little pop, but I just used my dexterity to turn my fan on with my toe. Ah, talent. That was amazing. I love that. I love Bonzo. Insane. Jonesy. Insane. Jimmy. Insane. Robert. Insane. Beautiful beautiful show so far and you know we're going to do another surprise here i'm going to the next song i'm going to play is going to be 10 years gone and i realize that i have a bias against 
1977, 10 years gone. Well, first of all, because the first one I ever heard was from the Destroyer bootleg, which was the first bootleg I ever bought back in 1985 at Inner Light Records in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, and it's a soundboard recording from um, April 27th, 1977 in Cleveland. And it is um, not one of their better... It's not bad, necessarily, but it's the kind of thing where it's like the AD tour and that Led Zeppelin sometimes at this point in their career, soundboards are not necessarily their friends because you hear uh, you hear the sloppiness, you hear the missed notes, you hear the 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 sticky fingers, etc. And uh, that kind of turned me off on it. And then the fact that my one true love, my princess bride level love. 10 years gone is is July 24th, 1979, as we've gone over ad nauseum, I'm sure. And that is perfect in my ears. Perfect. That is the live performance of 10 years gone. So everything I listen to, always consciously or unconsciously, is held to that standard. And 1977 just can't meet that. Because at that 79 show, Jimmy was on. He was 1973 Jimmy again. But this 10 years gone, I, I, I listened to it. I had tried to open my mind and listen to it. And I loved it. Just like in my time of dying and the song remains the same. You know, I, I understand. The more I do this, the more I do this podcast and the more shows I listen to from tours that I ordinarily don't listen to I get a perspective and an appreciation for them and an understanding of why people there are people who are like the 1977 tour is the best tour shut the fuck up and um, I can't necessarily see why they'd say that but I can see I can see why they would love this tour and the great shows from this tour it's a different band in many ways from the super tight but loose but unbelievably fluid and fiery and turn on a dime highly improvisational within the rock context Zeppelin of like 1970 and 1971 and then the solid and brilliant and dynamic band of 72 and 73 where they've kind of you know they've kind of reached cruising altitude they're breaking all the records they're making the news for being so popular and then 75, 77 is when they're strutting around going, that's right, we are the baddest motherfuckers around. You are lucky to be at this show. Maybe not that bad, but just very, very strut, bombastic. And unfortunately, a little less in, in the fluidity, not much. And Robert has mentioned um, how how on this tour... And places like Madison Square Garden and big arenas like that, it was sometimes impossible to connect with the audience. Because the audience were seeing Led Zeppelin in the same kind of mindset that they would go to see Star Wars. Whereas the earlier hippy-dippy shows, the amazing shows where the ocean was coined, um, it was a it was a communion with the audience in a way. And that is very hippy-dippy, but if you've been listening to this, sh- this podcast... You know what I mean. I've talked about it. I've demonstrated it before. And um, I guess that's what I miss on this tour. Aside from the fact that they're 
I was going to say there's not many good audience recordings. Then I'm like, well, there's a trillion of them from Mike Millard in L.A. And then Cleveland on uh, the 28th isn't bad. And then this da, 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 And I realized how full of shit I was. All right. <clears throat> well, that's enough. Since I'm full of shit, there's no reason to subject you to it any longer. Let's move on to a little more Led Zeppelin. Ten years gone. Excellent performance. We're Jonesy. Holds it down with the big triple neck guitar made by Manson guitar. Charles Manson and company. <laughs> no. Um, I think Manson or Mason. I think it's Manson. Uh, triple neck, mandolin, 12 string, 6 string. And he sits down. He's playing acoustic for 10 years gone to compliment Jimmy. And he's also playing bass pedals with his feet like Geddy Lee. Good stuff. And again, Jonesy, without his unbelievable competence and talent and range of instruments that he can play, Led Zeppelin would be a far, far poorer band. Well, that's enough of me, he said again. Let's listen to 10 Years Gone. See you in a few minutes, friends. It's a song about love's lost but never gone. It's called 10 Years Gone. Okay, I got a pipe up here. If it's called Love's Lost But Never Gone, it's called Ten Years Gone. Right there. Right there, there's an inherent contradiction. Never gone. It's called Ten Years Gone. It's already been gone for ten years, Robert. You're full of shit. I don't believe this. You broke me out of immersion. (sighs) So disappointed. All right, here's the song. As 
Changes fill my time But baby, that's all right with me In the midst, I think of you And how dreams with great surprise to me never thought I'd see your face the way it used to be
I think what I miss in the soundboards is is the the audience more that immediate audience reaction you get with an audience tape of everybody who's going yeah at the end but that was good there was some foibles here and there and I don't like that digital harmonizer I'm 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 disappointed that they made the choice to implement that when it wasn't it was only able to do whole step um intervals which is great for one or two notes where you know but it can't compensate for those half steps that pop in there and again <clears throat> so it's it's off key or off pitch rather so, you know almost as much as it's on so it seems a little gimmicky it didn't end maybe cool for one song but just to implement it with ugh, i don't know i don't enjoy it i shouldn't be such a, a fuck about it and like a, a comic book guy of like, actually, it is uh, most disappointing. Uh, thank you. But anyway, <laughs> started off on a downer. I apologize. That was a good performance. There's some cool stuff in there. And it's like anything that wasn't that Jimmy didn't nail offhand or it didn't. I mean, I see what he was going for with playing with the effects, the delays. That was cool. And it was a case of if he didn't quite make it there, just in a couple spots, I could tell where, where he was trying to go, and that was good enough. And Jonesy was good. Robert's voice is strong. Bonzo always. And Jimmy, the the amount of information that he transmits through six strings is incredible. The lushness of the tone, the distortion here and there, the harmonics, the modes in which he's playing... It's really, 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 really high-minded stuff, which is why I love the man, even though I presume to pass judgment now and again. <clears throat> As I listen to the old podcast and I hear how offhand I was in my in my criticisms, it's like, who are you to talk about the most successful band of all time like that? And I realize it's the familiarity that that you know somebody that grew up loving the Patriots. Or the Twins or some other sports team. I'm, I'm totally not a sports guy. Where you know them inside and out. And you take their stuff personally. Not like they're doing it to offend you or to thrill you. But you're so invested and there's such love there that you feel like you can go up and go, Why the fuck did you do that? Instead of, hey, thank you for... 50 years of being Jimmy Page and changing the course of my life and holy shit, look at what I'm doing now. I have devoted my avocation to doing a podcast to bring the music of this man and this band to more people and, you know, it's not like people are discovering Led Zeppelin through my my podcast, but they're possibly discovering or rediscovering the live bootleg stuff. And um, I get lots of folks who are like, hey, I haven't listened to that show in a long time. Because when you're a hardcore fan and there's hundreds and hundreds of shows and maybe even thousands of versions of sources and remasters and just, ugh, oh, there's so much out there that you're not going to listen to, you know, you're going to have like your top five go-to shows. For me, it would be Copenhagen 79, the 24th. Um, Osaka, the 29th, 71. 
probably 62177 32175 and Blueberry Hill and 69 I don't know uh 42769 we can kick out a show that those are the the song the shows I listen to and have listened to more than any other over the last 40 years 35 years and that leaves out a lot and doing this doing this little show that I do here for you I've discovered a tremendous amount of shows I've rediscovered a tremendous amount of shows I've made friends with I've discovered aspects of the community in which I've never participated and um I feel like I've found my voice <laughs> Anyway, what's that have to do with 10 years gone? Nothing. You know how I am. Yes, uh, I did smoke a joint during 10 years gone. Sorry. But we're, all, we're on the home stretch. We got the meat of it done. You know, I can, I can see my house from here. We'll get there. <laughs> all right. And now <laughs> I picked this song last night and it was so funny when I picked it. Because I was like, why? Because you deserve it, you fucks. You, my beloved audience, some of whom actually pay me to do this. Um, it's, I'm going to do it. The Battle of Evermore. I've alluded to it. I've mocked it. I've imitated it. Um, but I'm going to play it. Because for everything else other than John Paul Jones singing Sandy Denny's part, it's good. The mandolin playing's good. It's a fun song. It's upbeat. And... Um, it's part of the acoustic set they did. Um, I think they re- they brought back the acoustic set to um, give Robert's leg a little rest. Because, you know, if you remember, he went off the road. He, his wife, his kids, and Jimmy's girl, Scarlett, went off the road on some little Greek island. Maybe Rhodes? I don't remember. Um, in 1975 like tumble down a hill, boom, 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 and were fucked up. Robert's leg was wrecked, broken. Um, his wife's skull was fractured, and he was in a wheelchair. And, you know, his leg hurts. Even though it's, you know, a couple years later, his leg hurts. I bet it hurts now. I bet it hurts now that he's older. Jesus, older. He's old now. I'm older. Um, but so, you know, they have a little little sit down in the middle of the show. At least that's the story. Maybe he was fine and they just wanted to bring it back. Bring it back! All right. That's a good segue. Perfect segue for Battle of Evermore, starring John Paul Jones. Listen up, folks. Side by side, we wave the mic for the darkest dawn and all. 
I hear the horses thunder down in the valley below. The tide eyes on the sunrise, waiting for the eastern glow. The apples of the valley, oh, oh the seeds of happiness. The ground is rich from tender care. Repay, do not forget. Oh, oh that's in the dark of night. It's in the morning light. The apples turn to brown and black. The tyrant's face is red. Oh, oh, oh why is it come and cry? I pick up your salt and fly. The sky is filled with good and bad. Mortals never know. I'm waiting for the angels of Avalon, waiting for the eastern glow. The pain of war cannot exceed the woe of aftermath. The drums will shake, the castle wall, the ring rays ride and black. Sing as you raise your voice, you should Sing to the morning light. Magic root, a written gold to bring the balance back. Ah. And as the sun is shining, the clouds of blue roll by. With flames from the dragon of darkness, the sunlight blinds his
See? See what you made me do? John Paul Jones was a poor choice because he's not Sandy Denny and he doesn't have that high, pure, keening voice that she has. He sang the notes perfectly. It's not like he was flat or anything or a pitchy dog. And then they used that gosh darn digital harmonizer again and it cheesed up the song and made it sound like something off a 1970s Doctor Who. The guy with the giant scarf and the afro. Um, it Poor choices, in my opinion. Battle of Ever- 19- The live Battle of Evermore is the uh, Jimmy Page Hawaiian shirt of the 77 tour. It's just... I mean, had they done it just regular without throwing in all those let's pretend we're Pink Floyd effects for a song that is about fucking hobbits? Well, not fucking hobbits. Song about fucking hobbits. No, no, no. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the mythos. Not hobbits. That was that was a cheap shot. Um, I don't know. And, oh, this is another trauma of from that vinyl. I just realized that now of the Destroyer vinyl that I bought in 1985. And I was like, finally, I'll get to hear the genius of Led Zeppelin live. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Like, Since I've been loving you comes on at 77, Jimmy, not top shelf. And uh, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this doesn't sound good. Um, and then Battle of Evermore. I'm like, oh, the acoustic set, because the going to California from that show was unbelievable um I'm like oh battle of evermore that'll be cool and then it's like oh dance in the dark of night and i was like what because <laughs> i was you know how old was i in 85 17 a complete and utter prick and um you know was expecting everything to be the heartbreaker solo and when it wasn't i was mad um so that was quite of quite a, a disappointment to hear that version of this version of this performance. And um, I just realized what my issues are because the song itself is good. Jonesy could have pulled it off just fine. Although all four of them can sing. And when you see Badge Holders Blues, when it comes out, you will get to see video of the performance and see the kind of uh, sheepish smiles and, and looks they give each other and Jonesy as he sings it. Because I'm sure it was like, Jonesy will sing it. He's like, what? You'll sing Battle of Evermore, right? He's like, all right. But any of you guys can sing. You've heard the four-part harmonies they've done. But nope, Jonesy's going to sing it. And then those digital effects, unnecessary. Yes, I am am backseat driving. Uh, I can't help it. I apologize. No, I don't. I, that's my opinion about this song. You're going to argue me about the Battle of Evermore 1977 and how those digital effects... Come on, bring it. No, that's fine. All right, let's thank the people that make this <laughs> possible. My loving patrons or enablers. They are the people upon... The titans upon whose shoulders this podcast rests. They help pay for the SoundCloud fees for hosting the podcast the mega 
file sharing fees for hosting all the live shows. Oh, yeah. I stopped saying that at some point, and I don't know why. This entire show will be on my website, heartofmarkness.com, within the next 24 hours from now, and it's the 11th of June. So if it's way after that and you're listening to it, mazel tov, it's up there. Um, you can get the entire show, not just the songs I play from the podcast, and hold it to your bosom and let it keep you warm forever. What else do we have here? What else do we have here? Ah, yes, the names of these beautiful patrons. If you want to be a patron and support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash heartofmarkness. And uh, if you are a patron, you get to hear an extra podcast a month. And it's usually some of the, the racier stuff that I can't really play live on this podcast publicly because it may be stuff. I don't play studio outtakes. I don't play rehearsals and things like that on the podcast because it's iffy legally. Actually, according to the one entertainment lawyer that I did talk to, it's not even iffy. It's no, 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 no. Whereas these live tapes are fine. So there's something for you there. You get an extra podcast. In fact, I got stickers. I got Heart of Markness stickers today. Um, my, my proofs. And I got 10 proofs. And at the time I had 10 patrons. Now I have 11. I got a 10% increase. Um, so one of you is not getting one. Sorry. But I'm going to send those out too. But their names are... We've got Avi, Bill, Brad, Danielle, David, Other David, Mark. A backup of David's in case one David goes down. Mimo. Mimo. Who is responsible for this particular episode. Peter, Tracy, and Wayne, our newest patron. Welcome aboard, Wayne. Thank you very much, and thank you very much to all of you who help make this podcast possible. Pay for the website, pay for the hostings, all those things really, 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 really helps. It has a legitimate effect on my life, and I hope this podcast has a legitimate effect on your life in that it makes it better. All right, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook. I have a Facebook group, Heart of Markness. Join it. It's full of great people. Um very wonderful people and they will welcome you with open arms and then twitter at heart of markness that's twitter that's cool uh and heartofmarkness.com where as i mentioned you'll be able to find this show and almost every other show that i've done in this podcast um i've got some some uh blanks here and there sorry but for the most part any show that i cover will be available in its entirety on my website for free because i love you all right, this is it for episode 59 of the Hada Machnes. I'll see you probably over the weekend for another bonus episode in which I play a live set from another band other than Zeppelin. Um, and it's usually an exceptional audience tape. Usually a Mike Millard recording gets released, and I want to feature that. Um, and then I'll be back next Thursday with another Zeppelin episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, who participates and enjoys this. Thank you for the people who I talk to on the social medias, on the website, etc. And thank you very, very much for my patrons for helping out. I'll talk to you all soon. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Adios. <laughs>